Shantesh, to start with in today's topic, I would like to tell you a little instance which happened almost 20-25 years back. So I used to practice progressive muscle relaxation, which is to relax your whole body from head to toe in a progressive way. And I remember I used to also conduct classes of conduct how to do progressive muscle relaxation. I specifically remember one of my students by name Sagar and he was in his 4th or 5th standard if I am not wrong and I was of course 16-17 uh, years old that time so when he started doing progressive muscle relaxation and using suggestibility there was a kind of not only impact on his behavior and uh, habits but there was a substantial change in his study habits and which resulted in him being more concentrated more focused towards his study that's what his parents also believed that then they wanted me to continue with the classes so literally i was kind of a free because i used to enjoy doing it but then they started saying that why don't you start conducting classes on this so it went to that extent so i want to bring that story or connect with with what we are going to talk today which is about how we can use different types of relaxation techniques to relax not only our physical body but also our uh, mental well-being as well as emotional well-being. Yeah, and what is this progressive muscle relaxation because even on the surface while I know about it, having read about it, I've never practiced it myself neither. I know it depth about it or the benefits of it. Perfect. So progressive muscle relaxation when we say it is a form of you can say there are two ways to look at it. Some people can look at it as a meditational form. Some may call it as a self-hypnosis form. So self-hypnosis is something which you are doing for yourself. And in that what happens is you are working on your limbic system as we say the, the small brain or the lizard brain which we say. So we focus there and we are not putting too much stress on our conscious part. The whole attempt is to touch our subconscious and see how suggestions can help us improve some of the things and that's where I said the whole topic of increasing concentration or increasing various habits was observed because definitely when you are tapping your subconscious you have access to not only change the subconscious but also develop new habits in the subconscious so that's the whole premise in which the idea of uh, progressive muscle relaxation and the way to do that is as i said relaxing your body giving suggestion in a particular way so that your whole body uh, is relaxed in a given time the same can be seen and i have seen that happening in mindfulness meditation sessions and before moving forward in this conversation, just very quick question is, uh, you said giving suggestions to your mind in a particular way. What is this kind of particular way? Is it like an affirmative conversation or some sort of assumptions or what is it exactly? Yeah, absolutely. What you are asking is the right point. It is more about affirmation. So you are using, you are taking your mind into a trance state, in a state of trance. And in that trance state, you are giving suggestion in an affirmative way so say for example i say that i will wake up every day at 5 a.m now that's the kind of suggestion which if we give you if i give it to myself on a regular way it kind of gets registered in my brain in such a way that i actually start waking up at 5 o'clock so and many times it has been observed so even without doing this you might have seen that sometimes you have to go somewhere at say 5 a.m in the morning and before the alarm rings 
exactly 30 seconds or 1 minute before we wake up and then we close the alarm before it starts ringing so we have to and literally switch off it so that's the suggestion which you have given to your mind the previous right. night sorry so because i'm i'm really curious uh and for our audience also this is the conversation that we are having the first time so i'm really kind of curious to understand this because i have not known about progressive muscle relaxation in a deeper sense the first part that you mentioned is a sort of a uh, wikipedic information that much that i have but i've never really consciously therefore practiced about it whenever i have read about it it also seemed almost like so direct almost uh, i don't know uh, uh, how do i say uh, kind of something which is not meditation still seems rational but this somehow felt uh it's this irrational it's like that secret kind of a book which was there but at some level you also think that it really must be working that's why people are talking about it and then in this conversation i had not thought that we start a conversation with this anecdotal story about about your past incident and uh, i'm really now curious to know more about it because what you said yeah. that that i wake up early in the morning and uh, whenever i choose that i have to wake up at a certain time before the alarm goes off you are up and as if you are ready to kind of switch the switch of the alarm now how do i know i kind of it's it's a sense of bewilderment basically and you want to know how that happens now you brought that up in the conversation so i'm really now curious to also know because what are the yeah. other potentials and benefits is there are correct so one thing which we can also first i will touch upon like alarm clock just give the example also for the people who are watching this is many times we also sleep with a problem in mind we have a concern or a problem in our mind and we wake up with a solution when we wake up suddenly we have some idea or some solution for that problem somehow you don't know what exactly happened but you now how you can see things in a different way you suddenly have a solution it's again the same way so you are processing it in your subconscious mind although you feel that you are sleeping you are not actively doing anything consciously you are not working on that problem but your subconscious mind was working for 8 hours and you can imagine the power of brain working for 8 hours on a focus problem and you are not interfering it because you are not conscious and you are not awake you are not going to have a cup of coffee between you are not going out with friends or on social media so in a when you focus where you have allowed your subconscious mind to work on the problem and that's why many times after waking up we see okay so this looks like a solution and then you call a friend or whatever you take whatever action is required now coming to your first question let us go from there is it a pseudo science to put it in that way is it a pseudo science rather than rational science correct so is it a pseudo science and something which is like secret as you said you manifest it and all no the answer is not and the reason is not because it works because there are many things which might work on an anecdotal basis for some people in some context and you may not know why the reason is but that doesn't mean it is a science to make or prove anything as a science it has to be evidence based which means there should be a agreed upon sample size based on statistical analysis and when that consistently gives results for a given period of time for different people in different context only then you agree the same thing which was done for our why infection uh, vaccination for example vaccination was not given just by giving to two rats that oh the, these two rats have no covid now so we will give vaccine to the rest of the world no there was a sample size different scenarios different cases people with diabetes people who are pregnant not pregnant so all those situations are considered 
same way when it comes to the impact of subconscious mind or when we are looking at some of the aspects of hypnosis of course there are some stories around it which are unreal forget about pseudo science those are fake stories when people say that oh person came he hypnotized the cashier in the bank and they looked into the bank that is a bs story so there is no point in that but the things which are related to using or tapping your subconscious is something which is very rational and not only rational but scientific because there are scientific studies which are happening in that area so that is number one and one can find more about it by uh, digging into the science of hypnosis coming from proper journal entries and the scientific papers about it so that's about that now coming to the application part of it as you said applications are tremendous many times many of the applications are used in a wrong way because if you see maybe marketing in examples if you see why a apple is a apple today the if i show you one apple symbol here also if i just show you one apple phone or apple symbol that brings several emotions within you and there is a connection between that brand or a product with the association which you have with that and that makes you pay hundreds and thousands and lakhs of rupees and the joke goes that to buy the apple phone people sell their kidneys kind of why is it that case because somewhere in marketing this is used in a very powerful way so the impact of subconscious tapping your subconscious is done in marketing for sure it is also used by many politicians and many other influencers so the reason why we get influenced by many of the politicians and irrespective of what ideology they are but we get influenced by their public speaking skills if you see many of the public speakers have used it knowingly and unknowingly i'm not saying that they are intentionally using it they might be unintentionally talking they think that that is their speaking style but unintentionally they are causing that impact on your mind and that definitely works so there are multiple applications which if done in a conscious and with a good intention can be very helpful and our today's topic now we come to the core of the topic because we've kind of digressed a lot while we are holding on to that topic there are many other ways in which we also can bring a sense of sort of anchor that i would use the word anchor because then it has no uh uh sort of connotation uh or an intuition and therefore you can look at various ways for somebody it could be meditation for somebody else it could be spirituality for somebody it could be uh, uh just cleaning your uh, car or finding the furniture while working on it for somebody else it could be going to a temple and chanting and it it can work in completely different dimensions and these are completely sort of unrelated activities but when your mind is engrossed to the right now that's the common parameter that has been there one two there has been enough research being done about mindfulness through various techniques but the result has been more or less the same where essentially you are practicing mindfulness be it you know by meditating or be it by chanting like i say or through any other means but in your day to day living when you bring that there is the sense of satisfaction the third aspect and the far more important aspect that just a research on sample size is the quality of life the quality of your day to day living experience is altered you can see a difference in yourself so forget about all the you know experience experiments and research is big but it's in your own experience if there is an impact 
if there is a positive sort of impact that is being created, then what it, how does it happen? Why is it necessary? And how can we really inculcate that into our lifestyle? Bringing it once is not the solution. Inculcating it and making it part of a lifestyle becomes vital. Yeah, so what is it that is causing the positive impact is a very interesting question and many people have different ways of looking at it. So my take on that is, as I said, when we are tapping on the subconscious mind, it gives you two, three things. One is what we do in mindfulness also, we bring our attention to one particular point. So what we are doing is we are reducing the chaos around various things. The other thing which is very interesting in mindfulness and which is a kind of in a way, in a thoughtless state, we talk about, but then we are again thoughtful about it. So, which means we are watching or observing our thoughts. And when we are observing our thoughts, the very interesting thing which happens is many of the labels which we have attached to ourselves and our situations, we can see that those are labels. And I think that is a very powerful, uh, or you can see, insight or perspective when we are doing mindfulness because. When I am seeing that I am angry, then am I angry or I can see my anger? The moment I see my anger, then I get differentiated between anger and me. And that itself is a very powerful distinction because when I can differentiate between myself and my anger, because otherwise I am mixing two things. I am calling myself angry. I am thinking I am angry. Whereas the moment one can see that, one can clearly distinguish between anger and oneself. So then you realize that you are not True. That's a very important way to look at life because we a lot of times casually in our language use this. That I am angry. Like let's say that or I am irritated. That I am not irritated. But we don't realize what we are implying. That I am getting irritated is a different thing of I am irritated. <laughs> I am getting anger is a different thing versus I am angry. Uh, but but that's one part of it. The other part of it also which came to my mind when we were discussing is the other day I was having a headache. So I was not obviously saying I am headache. I was saying I am having a headache. So I was detaching my headache from that. But what was happening while even I was detaching the headache from that? I was bringing the past experience of my headache. I was bringing uh, that and thinking where the headaches start from so I have not got proper sleep I had an extra cup of coffee all those reasons were only reinforcing my headache and therefore I was getting a headache which was maybe the actual pain level was this but it was getting amplified by another this and so you were adding up to that and that a lot of things we do without realizing without kind of understanding that we are actually burdening our own situation. We are adding up to our problems. Absolutely. No, that's a very valid point. And I think many times it resides in language and that is why you see certain aspects of uh, relaxation as we are talking today about it is also connected with language and is very powerfully used in techniques like neuro-linguistic programming. So there the use of language and programming for our neural system is connected in concepts like NLP. But you are right there. And there it is clearly observed how the use of language can actually impact your body. And actually your physical state can impact your mental state. The moment if I am sitting like this, I am 
actually giving a message to my brain and my system that I am exhausted. But the moment I sit straight and I'm just the I change my posture, it also changed my state of mind. So that's a clear connection and same applies with language also, as I said. But how do we train ourselves to really observe that? That's a very important thing because we while like say this conversation brings you an awareness that a posture change might happen. You may not observe it on day to day basis or you may not be able to observe it immediately that there is a change be happening when you sit like this you are kind of lethargic and feel dull but when you get and or when you are really genuinely exhausted how do I then do I take it and then you know just get up and be upright and try to be active it doesn't work like that and most likely that this conversation may seem open but since I've kind of experienced it I, I really feel that you have to really observe at small, subtler aspects of what is happening within you. How your muscle is twitching or how your body is behaving or what sort of thought triggers which sensation in your body. And that subtle observation can only happen through practice. But how do we kind of bring that into lifestyle? Because as a habit, if we bring, you are likely to kind of get out of it all. Or with the moment you get distracted, you are away from it. But the moment it is part of your lifestyle, then you will never question it. It automatically, it's a natural progression. That you get up and you go and brush your teeth. You don't question, oh, now I want to brush my teeth today. And you will never question that. It's part of your lifestyle. And so similarly, how do we inculcate this? Yeah, so I think I'm uh, not to say it like an answer or a solution but one thing which comes to my mind when you're saying this is that when we say that it becomes a practice or a lifestyle every lifestyle which we have whether it is brushing teeth or whatever things we do in our day have become our practice because we have been doing it consistently so it kind of becomes a muscle memory same way i think the way muscle memory happens for physical activities for mental activities the mental memory or you can say the uh, kind of association with various things and how we act in that situation is also a part of practice. So if I was getting angry in a given situation within 5 seconds in the past, now can I see that that 5 seconds has moved to at least 10 seconds or 15 seconds or can I catch myself when I'm angry within 5 seconds or 10 seconds? I think this is something because I made when I catch getting angry. Whether to act yes. on yeah. or not. Correct. Once you catch, then there are multiple options. The problem is, as you rightly said, lack of awareness. Because we are not aware, that is the real problem. The moment you are aware, you always have multiple choice whether to continue with it or do a better choice. Absolutely. And I think that becomes really important to really understand ourselves. One of the things which was uh, coming to my mind as you were talking about building a pattern or repeating things is... Uh, in our earlier conversations, we have talked about habit being the compulsive sort of an approach. So habit also has a connotation with negative things like drinking habits, smoking habits and so on and so forth. And I think it was one of our audio podcasts like many months ago. Uh, but what comes to my mind is even when you make it a lifestyle, so brushing your teeth became a lifestyle after a point, but you had to be habituated to first do that in the morning. For me personally, when I started meditating, and I'm a very rational person, so 
I needed meditation because I was kind of losing calmness with it and I was losing balance and composure. And that was really taking a toll on my mental health. So I started meditating Sapri where I had taken up meditation. They instructed that for the next one and a half months, you just practice without questioning. And for a rational person not to question and to do that meditation was very difficult and challenging. But okay, something had clicked there in those three, four days workshops, so let's do it. When I did that for 45 days, uh, it was working. And again, for a rational mind, it was becoming very difficult for me to comprehend what is actually, actually that is working, what is it that is not working. But having said that, I thought, okay, let me keep that aside for a while. When it is working, why question? And just keep doing it. Today, I'm at a stage where I've in mood, low mood, Sometimes you feel great about meditating, sometimes you really kind of feel because depending on the quality of sleep that you've had probably the previous night, uh, the, the quality of meditation also is enhanced or deteriorated. And regardless of that, you don't question the act of meditation. That you just get up, come out, sit, meditate for whatever time that you have kind of uh, given for yourself. And uh, you get up and energize and go up. You don't question that. So for inculcating that into lifestyle, first I had to bring to a habit cycle as well. So for our audience, I would like to bring whatever you're following or whatever way you want to bring calmness within you. Be it through chanting, be it through going to a temple, be it through engrossing yourself into work or cleaning your car or watering your plants or be it through journaling, meditation, whatever works. And if you want to start now, first consider building a strong habit around And while it might seem compulsive, while it might have a negative connotation, I really think that over a period of time, and you don't know at what point, but it slowly transitions from habit into your lifestyle. And you start seeing the benefits of that. And you start becoming subtler and subtler about looking and observing yourself through that. So that's part from my side, Prasanna, any closing comments on your side before we complete the conversation? No, I would like to reinforce your point. I think every one of us has an opportunity to start and ultimately it comes to awareness. And I would also not go into that conversation of whether it is a good meditation or bad meditation. Because even a bad meditation, if you are aware, then you have done your part. So I think even and that was very difficult for me to be very honest as you said in the initial days of meditation I was finding that the disturbances the noise around it is happening not happening in the right way the right way to meditate was something which was bothering me but when I started seeing that moderation that itself is meditation it took me some time to find out that but then I realized that observing those disturbances those distractions those moderations I think that itself is meditation the rest all I think falls in place so I, I, I agree with the same point as you said getting started with whatever form of section one likes is the right way to begin absolutely and we can complete our conversation with this story which I heard I think in one of the videos of Sadhguru which was very interesting that uh, there are these two meditators but both of them want to smoke up also so, so they go and ask their teacher uh, and so one person the teachers goes and asks the teacher that can I smoke uh, while I'm meditating? Uh, and the teacher says, No, at least he's the other guy, and the other guy is smoking. He said, What did you do? I asked, Can I meditate while I'm smoking? And the teacher said, Yes. So <laughs> you can really find 
balance even in the activities that you are doing by your doing and essentially i think that is something which we will have to look at at that note i think we can complete our conversation for today thank you so much for listening